Coming at you from historic New Brunswick, New Jersey, this is the Matt Ward History Experience. My name's Matt Ward, and I'll be your tour guide today. This month's episode of the Matt Ward History Experience features a segment of Let's Talk History that was recorded on location in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. The Matt Ward History Experience is brought to you by One Stone Recording and Mastering in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Check out One Stone Recording and Mastering for all of your mixing and mastering needs. One Stone Recording and Mastering is online at onestonerecording.com. We're going to start off the sixth episode of the Matt Ward History Experience with a segment of Let's Talk History from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. This month's interview is with author, historian, and tour guide, Mark Nesbitt. During this interview, we were able to discuss Mark's literary works, the paranormal, and the history of Gettysburg. Without further delay, here it is. Let's talk history. Please introduce yourself to my listeners. My name is Mark Nesbitt, and I'm the author of the Ghosts of Gettysburg series and several other history books on Gettysburg. When did you become interested in the history of Gettysburg? I was pretty young. When it first happened, my parents were on vacation, our very first vacation in the 1950s when <laughs> everybody started taking vacations. And we uh, had gone to the Pocono Mountains, and it was very, very dull and boring and a lot of old people. So my parents said, there's this place called Gettysburg. I guess I was about eight or nine, eight years old. And they said, uh, it's a big battlefield. Would you like to go see it? I'm like, sure, why not? I mean, I didn't know. And uh, so we traveled to Gettysburg, and that was my first introduction to Gettysburg, and you know the cannons and the and the woods, and, and coming from outside of Cleveland, it was a little a little intimidating for for a kid to see all these woods and and, and everything. And then I read a book, McKinley Canner's book on um, on Gettysburg, and having been here once, and and relating the two, kind of got the wheels turned a little bit. So that's when I really kind of got interested in Gettysburg. And then when we started going on vacations again as a, as a teenager, my parents uh, would come to Gettysburg. They, they really liked it too, would come to Gettysburg quite frequently. So almost every year, sometimes twice a year, we'd come to Gettysburg as tourists. So that's what got me started uh, at Gettysburg. What is your favorite person or unit associated with the battle to research? Well, that's very interesting. I did a book. I did a book on Jeb Stuart. So he would have to classify as one of the more interesting uh, characters here. Um, and uh, I did also did a book on uh, Joshua Chamberlain. So he would classify. Now, I got interested in Chamberlain way before the movie Gettysburg came out. I was a park ranger here at Gettysburg for a while. And um, I remember reading John Pullen's book, 20th Maine, and uh, one of our duty stations was up on Little Round Top. So I would be on Little Round Top, and periodically we'd get a fair, you'd always ask people where you're from, you know, and see who the farthest away is. And we'd every once in a while have some people from Maine, and I would always include the story of the 20th Maine, that they're on the defense of the left flank, and tell them that they could actually get to the monument if they wanted to. And nine times out of ten, they would come back and they'd say, where is that monument again? Because back then, it was like a little deer path, about five inches wide to get back to the monument. Now it's like a super highway, of course, after the, after the uh, movie came out. 
So I'd, I'd take them back there. So I'd have to say that the 20th Maine was, and, and, I, and that was a wonderful book to do. I did, 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 got a chance to go a couple of times up to Chamberlain's home uh, in, in Brunswick, where he taught. And uh, in fact, they were restoring the, uh, the house, and I actually got a chance to sit and autograph my book, along with John Pullen, who got me started on 20th Maine. Um, there in his and Joshua Chamberlain's um, dining room, which was unfinished at the time, but we, that was where they had the signing. So I would say that Chamberlain ranks pretty high in that. And also Stewart, I wrote a book defending him in the Gettysburg campaign. Do you have a favorite part of the battlefield to visit? Wow, that's an interesting question. I know that I... I, obviously, I've been everywhere on the battlefield. I've had, um, I've lived on the battlefield in several of the park houses, and uh, but I think one of the, you know, one of my favorite places. I used to take my dog for a walk out into the middle of Pickett's Charge, the field of Pickett's Charge, which, if you haven't crossed it, is 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 deceiving. You think it's a flat plain, and it is not. It is undulating. And um, we would get out there about halfway across, and probably, you know, we could do maybe maybe eight, ten times a year. Every once in a while, I get out in the middle of that field and just stop and just in awe, look around and say, whoa, what is going on here? And really get emotional. You know, whether it was the spirit, spirits of the soldiers talking to me personally or just my knowledge of the history that happened there, um, I don't know, but it was it's an emotional place for me so that's one of the places, obvious as it is, you know, major battle sites. So I think that's probably one of the places that affects me the most. That's interesting you say that, Mark. Um, I've heard a lot of historians and visitors to the battlefield have the same reaction to the area where Pickett's Charge took place. You stated earlier you were a park ranger before going into independent research and tours. What made you make the change to independent research and tours? Well, I always wanted to be a writer. I mean, that's what I was trained to do. And uh, uh, I took every writing course I could. I ran out of writing courses in college. And I took and had, had uh, done very well in high school in all my writing courses. I always wanted to be a writer. And, uh, the you know, the park ranger job was, was fabulous in the summertime because you got a chance to talk to people. We had duty stations on every major part of the battle that explained every major part of the battle and, and several others. And it was, it was really a good job and it taught me a lot about research, historical research. But once again, that, that, that call to be a you know, starving artist kept coming back. And so I, uh, I, I, I quit the job at the Park Service and became, well, I was a licensed battlefield guide for a year after that while I was trying to get my writing, writing business going and then started um, writing and researching full time then after that. How soon after your transition to independent research did you write your first book, Ghost to Gettysburg? Well, actually, my first book was a book called If the South Won Gettysburg. And um, I think I left the Park Service in 77, so in 80, 81, If the South Won Gettysburg came out. In between, I'd been doing, I'd been writing things, uh, some contracts for the National Park Service. I did... Uh, it may not even be up there anymore, but I did the Mississippi State Audio Station. They had gotten money from the state of Mississippi, and part of it was to produce a, a, a script to be 
to be for our narration of the Mississippians' charge there. And um, so I was doing stuff like that. So I guess it was about three, three years after that, for that, when I quit, after when I quit, that the book, first book came out. And then, of course, it was 10 years after that until The Ghosts of Gettysburg, the first book, came out, 1991. Oh, okay. How long have you been giving ghost tours of Gettysburg Battlefield? Personally, <laughs> we used to take, you know, since we were park rangers, we go out there, we used to take our dates out on the battlefield after dark to scare the living bejeebers out of them, right? <laughs> and to tell ghost stories out there. Um, so I guess it goes all the way back into the 70s. I heard my very first ghost story about Gettysburg in 1964. I think I was talking to one of the park rangers, or one of the, I'm sorry, one of the lifeguards out here, and uh, she told me some story about the, one of the cemeteries here. Um, but then I, uh, uh, the very first ghost tour that this company gave, the Ghosts of Gettysburg, Candlelight Walking Tours, was uh, June 4th, 1994. So that was the very first tour that we, organized tour that we sent out. And it's kind of a funny story because I uh, uh, had, had uh, contracted with the, uh, with the teacher to answer the phone because I had to get a phone number to take reservations and uh, said, gave her $3,000 for the summer. She said, hallelujah, that's great. <laughs> sure, <I'll take> it. <laughs> then it cost me $3,000 for the, uh, for the uh, uh, rack cards that I took all over town. And I remember that very first night, um, I charged, well, back then we charged $6 for a tour. And I and I got up on a on a step. We started out at the uh, uh, center square of town, and I counted heads, and we had ten people that first tour. At six bucks a pop, I said, "Oh, Mark, what, <laughs> what the heck did you do now?" <laughs> I saw that six thousand dollars flushing down the toilet, <laughs> but it actually worked out. Uh, it caught on. If you if you came to Gettysburg before we started our ghost tours, you realize there's absolutely nothing to do at night in Gettysburg, and you know swim in the swimming pool, watch TV, and go to bed, and that's about it. So we gave people something to do in the evenings. Is there a set time period during the year when you lead ghost tours? I'm sorry, when I lead. Right, when the company has, has tours. Oh, when, our season is roughly between uh, Easter and uh, Thanksgiving. Now, we take, we take groups anytime, you know, if we get a, get a group calls. And in fact, we took one this past February. But um, if we, uh, um, uh, it's, it's usually seven days a week. It starts off on weekends, seven days a week. Usually from uh, uh, Easter on through Thanksgiving. That's, a, that's our season. In your opinion, what is the most haunted location on the battlefield or in town? I get that question a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and um, it, it believe it or not, it varies. There are some years that I hear lots and lots of stories uh, from one area of the battlefield, and then the next year I don't hear, hear any. One one year it was the Spangler Spring. I heard I got a bunch of stories out of Spangler Spring, but there are a couple places that you can pretty much um, count on. One is uh, Devil's Den. And the other one is the Triangular Field, which is right next to Devil's Den. So that area seems to have a lot of activity almost all year round. So, 
Have you ever personally seen an apparition in Gettysburg? I have. Yeah, actually, actually four times. Wow. Yeah, and once was in this room that you're sitting in. <laughs> yeah. It was right over there in that corner. Wow. Um, I had I had gone to this door opposite that corner, and um, went to uh, well, I was closing the door, and out of the corner of my eye, I caught the image of of a woman. I knew it was a woman. She was in a long dress, black, almost like in mourning, and it had a uh, like a veil. That ran down, but I but I saw that there were pleats in her skirt, and a lot of times you'll pick up this um, uh, paranormal visions out of the corner of your eye. For some reason, the, the, the eye side the peripheral vision is a little bit more acute to that. And I didn't want to turn. I didn't want to turn. I said, "Get as much information as you can." I said, oh, "I got to look," and I looked, and she vanished. Then, but the most impressive thing about her, the most Thing, the thing that I remember the most is she was tiny. She was only about maybe four ten. You know, she barely made it over the the counter there. So, and it appeared to be an adult spirit. It was an. I'm pretty sure it was an adult. Yeah, it wasn't a child. It, it was full adult dress um, that that she was wearing. Wow. Who is the most famous ghost that witnesses have reportedly seen in Gettysburg? Well, that's an interesting question because you can't. Um, Normally, you can't identify individual ghosts, but there is one ghost that I think we have identified. And um, this story comes from a, a, a Lutheran seminarian who, uh, after the first book came out, called me up and said, I, I have a story for you. And I, you know, seminarian, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of believe. <laughs> He's not going to make something up and lie to me. Right. I wouldn't think. <laughs> so he uh, said he was asleep in his dorm room. He was in the, one of the dorms out there. And was awakened about two o'clock in the morning by this scream from down the hall, and he, he recognized the voice. It was a buddy of his, and um, but he realized that the guy was in had been in the military. And he was thinking, well, what? Maybe he was one of he's practicing one of his military calls or something, <laughs> and he didn't want to get up or anything, so he fell back asleep. About an hour later, he said he was awakened by a chill in his room and he looked over to see if he'd left the window open but the window was closed and when he looked back he said I saw a a figure in my room but only from the waist up it was floating and I it scared the heck out of me he says I yelled and it still stood there and um, I, so I closed my eyes and I prayed and I opened my eyes he was still there prayed again with my eyes closed he was still there finally I started to get up because I thought I'm going to have to defend myself and he vanished and I asked him what did he look like he said well he had dark complected he had dark hair and a big dark beard I said okay so I wrote all this down and um, he said he continued the story he said I went I, I ran into my buddy a couple days later and we were laughing and he said, I said to him, what was that scream that I heard the other night? And he got deadly serious. He said, the other night I was in bed and I woke up and I saw floating in my room a head looking at me. And the guy said, what did he look like? He said, he had dark hair, dark complexion, and a beard. First, we described the same guy. I got a, uh, I said, I, I, need, I need to get something. So we got together later on, and I had pictures of three or four different general officers. 
And he looked at one and he said, that's him. That was John Reynolds. Wow. Now, if you look at the pathway that Reynolds' body was taken mm-hmm. from where he was shot to the George George house down here in town at Steinwell Avenue, where we know he was taken almost immediately, it cuts right across where that that dormitory oh. is. Now, the question is, is, is that the remnant of Reynolds going through that dormitory? But... They actually identified, uh, he actually identified Reynolds as, as that uh, spirit that he saw. What is the strangest thing, thing that has happened on a tour that you have led? On a tour? Well, I don't lead the tours, okay? We have guides. But I have, almost every book has a, a since the tour started, has a, uh, a chapter called um, The uh, Tales from the Guides. Right, right. And one of them... What happened up on East Cemetery Hill. One of my guides was standing there giving a talk and she's watching the people. She's got her back to the battlefield and um, she's giving a talk and she thinks I'm losing these people because they're all looking other directions behind her and everything. She finishes her story and she said, are there any questions? She thought maybe she missed something here and the people said, did you see that? Look at that back there. And she turns around just in time to see this long blue column over one of the monuments that went up into the sky and then vanished right before her eyes. And um, (coughs) she said she just saw the tail end of it. They said that thing was there the whole time that she was was talking to them. That's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Is there a particular place in Gettysburg that makes you feel uncomfortable or that you refuse to go to? No, not not really. I'm 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 it's it's a funny attitude that I have with this with having studied the ghost phenomena and it's 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 more of a curiosity than anything. In other words, when when we're in a place and we hear a door slam, we run towards it to find out what's going on, you know. <laughs> But um, no, there's not. I mean, let me. I will. I will admit to this though. There are places in Gettysburg where you go, and I've gotten the willies mm-hmm. quote willies, you know, <laughs> and uh, you know, a little hair on the back of your neck stands up, and you get chills and stuff like that. But nothing to. Not, I've never run from a place screaming like a little girl. If that's what you're asking. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Is there a particular time of the year when paranormal activity picks up in Gettysburg? A lot of people ask me that if it's if it's in the um, during the anniversary of the battle in particular, mm-hmm. and it does seem I get more reports around the Fourth of July, um, you know, July first, second, and third. The battle took place, and um, but I'm not sure. I'm still analyzing this because that's when we are at our busiest in Gettysburg. So there are a lot more potential witnesses to ghostly phenomena. Okay, and so that means to me. You know, is it is it that the ghosts are more active, or the more people to witness it? Mm. Could they be just as active in December? The ghosts, right? When there's no one here to see it, they could be partying out there on the battlefield. <laughs> you know, but I, you know, and then I also don't want to say when I say the battlefield, I include the town right, itself. Right. It, it, the 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 soldiers didn't fight and stop and say, okay, well, this is where the National Park's going to be one of these days. Mm-hmm. we got to stay on this. Now, they were all through um, this this town. In fact, this house 
uh, that we're in now had uh, Confederate soldiers, probably Georgians, in this where we are right now. This room, that room, and the room behind. So, and upstairs as well. So the battlefield is, is, is all around us. In fact, we get, it's almost a standing joke in Gettysburg because people will come to Gettysburg who've never been here before and they'll say, where's the battlefield? Mm-hmm. Expecting to see a place inside of a, a, a fence. And the answer anywhere is you're standing on the battlefield. Wherever you are, you're standing on it. Right. And that, I, I always found that fascinating that you walk down most of the streets in the downtown area and there's markers all over the place sure. that talk about the battle and the soldiers that pass through and we're in the buildings. Yeah. Well, this door has a bullet hole in it. If I open it up, I would, I could, I could show you, but it's, it's, it's video, it's audio. So, <laughs> but yeah, that, that apparently came through that window from the first day's battlefield. Somebody dug it out, but there's a bullet hole in it. Have any individuals or groups who are skeptical of the of the paranormal activity on the battlefield ever met with you? Uh, we get, yeah, we because we open this up obviously to to anyone, mm-hmm. the tours, and then we do special events. And we always have at least one or two skeptics in in the group. And, and I welcome them, you know, because I think it's, I'm not trying to sell them anything. I'm trying to myself personally understand what this is. And um, uh, I'm, I welcome a skeptic or a skeptical um, opinion or, or a skeptical eye to see if we, to make sure we're not messing anything up in terms of our, our methodology when we when we take the, the, the take the information the data during these events, and uh, so the skeptics, I mean, you know, are, are welcome because you know if they can if they can explain this to me, mm-hmm. okay, uh, over a thousand stories that I've collected, all kinds of strange things that have happened, um, other than just that old saw. Oh, it's 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 a group hallucination which doesn't exist, you know. Uh, or, or that everybody who comes to Gettysburg immediately becomes drug-induced and has <laughs> these visions. You know, that, that if they can tell me exactly what this is, I'd love to hear it. Does your company lead ghost tours anywhere else besides Gettysburg? We ran uh, Ghosts of Fredericksburg for about six years, and that was that was pretty good, and we just actually just handed it off to our lead guide. She's going to... She's going to run them down there now. So Fredericksburg, Virginia is another place where we've, we've done tours. We were also looking at Savannah, and we did not do ghost tours down there because we didn't have the manpower, the, actually the hours that we could spend down there to, to create it, even though the, the, the tour is there. We, we would rather concentrate now on special events, special weekend events, which we've been doing. We had one last weekend um, that we... Uh, did with the Double Day Inn, which is out basically on the battlefield there by the by Iverson's Pits, a very famous uh, haunted place. And um, then in the future, what we're going to do, we wrote a book, I wrote a book with Catherine Ramsland, who is a, a forensics expert and professor called Haunted Crime Scenes. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be, I think, our next step. We're, we're lining up different crime scenes now. We want to take our groups to that. This not only, I mean... We, all, we know that ghosts exist. Mm-hmm. We know that something else goes on. Now we want to start getting information from them. And the most useful information would be information that might help solve a crime. Granted, it's not uh, uh, admissible 
as evidence ever since the Salem witch trials in America. It's called spectral evidence. It's not admissible. However, we did the book. One of, when we did the book, one of our um, uh, mentors was a, an, a former FBI profiler. And I flat out asked him, it's in the book, I said, if you got information on a, a crime that you were dead-ended on uh, and it came from a paranormal means, would you take it and follow that lead? He says, absolutely. Wow. You're a cop. You run out of, you'll try anything to solve this. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, and, and it's not unusual, believe it or not, it's used. You can't come out and say, well, this psychic told me to go, you know, go over here and look here. However, they do use that. And I know that for a fact. I've talked to other, other. And in fact, many, many police are, are psychic. You know, it's like before I go around that corner, I think I'm going to draw my gun. Oh, right. You know what I mean? And it saved their lives in many cases. And I love getting stories from police, too, because police, doctors, nurses are trained observers. Mm-hmm. They can, it's like a camera that, you know, they, they, what they're trained to do is just take a picture and then remember it of a, of a, of a scene. So if you get a, one of those as a witness to a paranormal event, I love it. That's great. Tell me everything you know. Right, right. So Kind of those credible sources. Absolutely. Right. I saw you were interviewed on an episode of Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures. What other well-known paranormal television shows have interviewed you? I should have brought the list. I have it, <laughs> I have it somewhere. But yeah, I was on, uh, I've done stuff on the History Channel. Uh, I've done stuff with uh, Ghost, um, let's see, uh, Ghost Hunters, Jason and, and, and uh, Grant. Um, I did something for uh, Canadian TV, a couple things for Canadian TV, where we actually took them on a, an investigation. Mm, should have brought the list. I forgot how many, <laughs> okay. how many I've been on, but, but a good dozen. Cool. Yeah. Are you currently working on a new book? Yeah, as a matter of fact. First of all, I'm, I'm, I just finished a book I co-authored with, with uh, Patty Wilson called... Um, Cursed in Pennsylvania, as part of a series, um, and then I'm working now myself on Cursed in Virginia. It's about the you know not the, somebody cursing somebody or anything like that, but just those weird oddities that seem to make a place seem like it has some it had a curse on it. Gettysburg uh, is is the part is one that I did. Uh, the 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 title is uh, Gettysburg cursed to be twice a battlefield because not many people realize it but there are rumors because there was no written history back then of a gigantic Native American battle Oh, in well in fact they say it was within a mile of the round tops so that I mean that, that's so when you talk about it being haunted like um, Devil's Den and, and the Triangle Field that's where it happened and uh and I do remember when I was um, a young ranger here going to people's private homes and they had a mason jar that's filled with bullets, one right next to it. So, you know, that's where I, what I collected and when I was a kid on the battlefield. Right next to it was a mason jar full of arrowheads. Oh. In other words, and more arrowheads fit in the jar than bullets, as many arrows had been fired at one time as bullets. Wow. 
And so we know that there, there and, and there's rumors and other pieces of evidence. They thought they found a mound up there, out there one time, in the burial mound, but they didn't, or they didn't, they did and they don't want to tell anybody about yeah. it. <laughs> um, but um, that, that's the kind of curse I'm talking about. So that's Cursed in Virginia is my next book. Also working on Ghosts of Gettysburg 8. Wow. 8. So the answer to your question is yes. Uh, several books coming out. Very cool. Is there anything else you'd like to say to my listeners? No, except come visit us in Gettysburg. I mean, you know, we have a, we have a, uh, now there's something to do at night. Right, right. You know, it's, uh, and, and we notice that this, this choice to do a, a ghost tour, it seems to be the woman's choice. Mm-hmm. I see it all the time when I'm in here, you know, the, the, the dad is like, ah, ghosts, you know, but the, the wife and the kids, I know what the, discussion was just before that was look we went on on your battlefield and looked at your stupid cannons all day now we're <laughs> going to do what we and the kids want to do and it's a ghost tour yeah okay yes dear so off they go and uh so come visit us in gettysburg make sure you get our tour because there are a lot of different tours now ours is ghosts of gettysburg ghosts are first gettysburg second so come see us and, and visit us Mark, thank you for sitting down with me this afternoon. That does it for this segment of Let's Talk History. You can check out Mark Nesbitt and Ghosts of Gettysburg online via Facebook, Twitter, and the official website. The links to both social media sites and the official Ghosts of Gettysburg site are posted on my blog. If you have a history event that you would like promoted on my blog and podcast, please contact me via Twitter, Facebook, or on my blog. I'll be happy to promote your event free of charge. That does it for the sixth episode of the Matt Ward History Experience. The Matt Ward History Experience is brought to you by One Stone Recording and Mastering in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Check out One Stone Recording and Mastering for all of your mixing and mastering needs. Go to onestonerecording.com slash mwhistory and receive 10% off of your first session. I want to thank my guest, Mark Nesbitt, and you, the listeners. Mark can be reached via the Ghosts of Gettysburg website, his Amazon author page, Facebook, and Twitter. The links to these sites are posted on my blog. Last, but certainly not least, I want to thank my good friend Peter Lloyd at One Stone Recording and Mastering for providing tech support for this episode. I can be reached on the blog, the Matt Ward History Experience, at mwhistoryexperience.com, on Twitter, at RevWarBuff23, or on my Facebook page. Until next time, I'm Matt Ward, and this is the Matt Ward History Experience.